Welcome to Must Talk About Nothing, a show about movies, music, and more, where, as always, I am your host, Grant Ingram, and recording today from hopefully the last time in my broom closet, we are going to be talking about college football. There's a lot of exciting stuff happening in Must Talk Land, and in order to talk about all of this stuff, I am joined by the wonderful, the, um... Amazing. Inspirational. Inspirational. Grant Skillin. How are you doing, Grant? I'm doing good. I am definitely not inspirational, but I'm happy to be here. Happy to talk about college football. And I don't know if we can talk about the thing yet, but we've got, like Grant said, we have got something very exciting coming very soon. I think we can talk a little bit about some of the thing. Not all of the thing, but what some of the changes that are happening that are going to happen anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, College football. It broke the hearts of many. It did, yeah. It, it was an absolutely incredible week. I mean, upset after upset, close games that shouldn't have been close, Alabama doing its thing. I mean, it just had everything. Yeah. Um Texas, your 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 buddies out in Texas. Um got beat. I don't even have, that's not even a game I had pulled up. Yeah, that one was a crazy one for sure. What were the games you have pulled up? The first one I have up is so I have, I have kind of starting with the close ones that we knew were going to be close. I've got the Tennessee Florida one. Um, Grant and I have talked a lot about Tennessee, more so me because I got to go up and watch the game against Akron last week, and they put on an absolute show. And if I'm being honest, they kind of again put on a show. It was a very close game, but. At home in Knoxville, Tennessee, managed to pull off the win against Florida. And I'll just say, boy, Florida looked a heck of a lot better this week than they did against the USF. It was night and day difference. Yeah, what's, what's going on with that? Like, they can't seem to figure it out. I don't know. It's strange. They were so good against Utah in week one at home. And then they had Kentucky. Kentucky just absolutely mopped them. Um no competition there. They were at USF. I think they were at USF. I don't remember where that was played, but that was way too close. You, Florida should have beat USF like we beat Vandy. Right. Um, but they didn't. And then they came back this week, went into Knoxville in the Neyland Stadium, and came back and had a chance for a last second Hail Mary to win the game. And Crazy. Yeah. Anthony Richardson wasn't the most efficient, but he was – he was more efficient than he had been. He threw a couple touchdowns. He did throw an interception, but that was on the Hail Mary, so I don't think that should really count, but it's on the stat sheet. Yeah. One thing that's actually interesting, if you look at their stats, um, Trevor Etienne averaged under four yards a carry. So did Naquan Wright, and so did Montrell Johnson. The Tennessee run defense really showed up. Really, their longest run of the day was 14 yards, that's which is really impressive really for the running back talent that – Florida has Trevor, Trevor, almost said Travis. Trevor Etienne is very good, very underrated. And the hold him to what was it, a 14 yard run? Yeah, that's ridiculous. That is really good. Especially if there's only one of those and everything else, presumably, is way lower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. Think it's and the... then after that, yeah, sorry, then after that, you have the Tennessee offense. Hendon Hooker, incredibly efficient as always, 22 28, 350, two touchdowns. Also incredible running again, 13 rushes, 112 yards, a touchdown. Jabari Small for them had 19 for 90, averaged over four and a half a carry. He had a 39-yard run, had a touchdown. 
then their backup running back wasn't super efficient, but he had a decent run and then had a touchdown as well. Tennessee is playing very well. Very scary team. No one should want to go in the Knoxville to play them. Yeah, and I'm interested to see um, who do they have this week. I'm trying to remember. I had it pulled out. They have a bye week this week. That's who's rolling into Knoxville. Then after they come out of the bye with LSU, Alabama, Tennessee, Martin, Kentucky, Georgia. That might be fun. Yeah, they have the death row of the SEC right now coming up. Number two, Alabama, number seven, Kentucky, and number one, Georgia, all in four weeks. Yeah, they're pretty much guaranteed a bowl game this year, which is impressive. They are, yeah. And if they can come out of that with one or even two losses, who knows, they may have a shot at something more. But They might. Um, However, if they lose to both Alabama and Georgia, like, you can't make the claim that they haven't. They deserve to be there, but it yeah. could be interesting. In the past, the um, committee um, they've put in two SEC teams. There's no way you put three out of four as SEC teams. Right, two at the most. Which it could end up being two again with Alabama, Georgia, but we'll have to see. We will see. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what comes out of both Florida and Tennessee. But I do want to talk about the Texas Tech game, because that was incredible football. Um, just it absolutely, absolutely was. nuts. And I have a bit of a um, vested interest in this, because they are playing my boys this week. So Tex- That's going to be a good game. It will be a good game. We actually got to set the, um, the time for it, which I'm happy about, because it's a morning game. I'm not happy that I won't be able to watch it, because it's on ESPN+, Plus where all the losers, I mean, the, the Big 12 plays. Um, but it should be a it should be a good day. Um, so that'll be that'll be a competitive game. It will be. It's not one of the ones we we get to pick though. Surprisingly, we would have expected us. Surprised too. Yeah, we get um, to pick Michigan and Iowa. Um, but let's 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 look though. We didn't really we haven't mentioned it. So Texas Tech, the Red Raiders did beat the Longhorns thirty four thirty seven in overtime. Um. It's an impressive game. They got outscored twenty-four to fourteen the first two, the first half, and then they come back out and they outscore Texas twenty to ten, and it's any man's game because of the stupid college football over. And although it actually is interesting because then you get the couple of drives, then it goes to the two point conversion, which I think is actually exciting because then it's sort of you got this one play hit or miss. Can you do you have the one or two plays that you know you can execute and use in that scenario? Right. What happens? See, I like it too, but then I've seen a bunch of games where they go to that third round of the you must go for two. And so all of a sudden nobody's got any plays. Yeah. I I see that, but I I also kind of enjoy it. But heck of a game overall. Um they Texas put up a lot of points for not having Quinn Ewers. Um I had talked about they may have had a chance to win out if they could have gotten through this week because it sounds like Quinn will be back next week. Yeah. Um, which is fantastic for them. I believe they've got Oklahoma. I think that's weekend, right. Which you absolutely need him back. And we've seen that a good quarterback can roll in and beat Oklahoma. So, hmm, yeah. Who, who in the world could have done that? Yeah, we'll get to that in a bit. The, the next game I had was Oregon and Washington State because. 
wow, that was that was a game. Um, for those who didn't watch that, Oregon came into the fourth quarter down twenty-seven to fifteen. Wow. And I think it actually ended up worse than that. At one point, let's see, they came in down 27-15. They were down 34-22 with seven and a half minutes left. They went down, scored a touchdown with four minutes left, got the ball back, went down the field and scored again. Hold on a second. They scored 29 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, um, breaking news coming from my parents in the living room. Aaron Judge just hit number sixty-one. Let's go! Let's I hear my parents yelling. Go. That's what they were yelling about. That's impressive. I couldn't hear it, so I guess our wonderful viewers at home couldn't hear it. But that is incredibly awesome. Yeah. Congratulations uh, someone, to Mr. Yes, Judge. Uh, someone, someone happened. Someone happened to be named Grant Ingram was excited about that K State win, but we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> We certainly will. I am incredibly excited about that. Yeah. So, so back might to have just caused a problem. We'll see. Um, but yes, back to Oregon. Back to Oregon. So they were down 34-22, got the touchdown, were able to get the ball back. I can't remember um, how exactly they got it back. Did they get an onside or? I remember I wasn't. I'm going to be honest. I wasn't watching because most of my day was spent in pain. Watching like. Security, the Alabama game. Yeah. Okay. So they forced a punt, got the ball back, went down in a minute and a half, and scored. Then Washington State came back out with the ball. Absolutely. I I, I don't remember the throw, but all I know is Cameron Ward threw a pick to the left. To, uh, I'm not gonna try to say that guy's name. It's not. It doesn't look complicated, but I know it is. Uh, threw a pick <laughs> six, put Oregon up thirty four or forty four thirty four. Washington State came back, scored a touchdown, 44-41, Oregon didn't get. Yeah, I heard you. She was, mom was making sure I heard her, that Aaron just tied it. Um, mm-hmm. Which is a Washington perfect time. State did not get the onside kickbacks at Oregon won. Heck of a game. It shouldn't have been that close. Um, I think, was this? No. I was wrong about what I was thinking. Um, Bo Nix was pretty efficient. He did throw a pick, but I mean, he was 33 of 44 for 428 and three touchdowns. Did really good. Yeah, I mean, obviously it worked. Efficient. It did, yeah. Um, he is, he's the question mark with that team. The defense has been showing up. It's can he keep showing up? Yeah. The thing is, the game really wasn't as close as it looked, right? Like, it was really 44 to 34. I mean, it was as close as it looked because at one point they were down by 12 with seven and a half left. They had the comeback, ended up scoring 22 points in six minutes with the pick six at the end of it. Right. What I'm saying is it was really 44-34 at the end because if you look, Washington State scored their last touchdown with two seconds left on the clock. The game is over. It wasn't like they There was just, a chance for an onside and a Hail Mary, but... I mean, yeah. But we saw how well that yeah. worked out for... Um, we did, yeah. I mean, they had... Florida got the onside, so it would have been like Washington State could have got it, and then it would have been like that. Uh, yeah. Also didn't work for Oklahoma. 
That may be what you were thinking of right there, but... It did not. Um, yeah, but then, uh, do you have another one? Because I've got another close game. I have a game that um, I, I, I want to get to our weekly... If you're a kicker, please call game here in a minute. Um, but you right. go ahead if you've got another one. Next one I've got is the SEC matchup of the century, Texas A&M and Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Um, A&M has really turned this season around because that was an absolutely awful loss to Appalachian State. Turns out all they really needed was to get Haynes King out of here, kick him out of the stadium, kick him off the team, get that man on the streets. I'm kidding. Yes. Don't do that. On the streets. But, but what they did need to do was take him out, put Max Johnson in, someone who is more efficient, but most importantly doesn't make mistakes, give this really dominant defense all year a chance to do its thing without having the quarterback put you in worse situations. Um, and KJ Jefferson wasn't bad, but he just didn't do a whole lot. I mean, he threw 19 passes and was pretty efficient through two touchdowns, but you've got to do more than that to beat this A&M defense. Um, Devin A-Chain ran all over Arkansas, 19 rushes for 159 yards and a touchdown. He essentially did what he wanted. One thing that could be interesting for them is I'm probably going to mess up his name, Anias Smith, who has sort of been a combo running back receiver for them. He got hurt, and he is out for the rest of the year. It's not good. No, it's not. Um, But that is a factor looking forward of he's been one of their more explosive weapons. I think he may have been playing more just receiver this year. I think you're right. But but that's still a big loss for them. Mm -hmm. Um, But Arkansas... Arkansas needs to bounce back, and, I mean, they absolutely have a chance to do it. They're coming up playing Alabama at home next week, this coming weekend. So here's their shot to bounce back. We'll see what they do. Yep. Now, I do want to get from here to our, if you're a kicker, please call game. But this is really, if if you play football, please call. And this is... Auburn, Missouri. Oh, that was so bad. Oh my gosh. I, I was watching that. Where was I? I was on the way back from um, going to a Cherokee festival with scouts. I was on the way back, had that going in the car. Oh my gosh, that was awful. That might be the worst game of football I have seen in my life. So I mean, <laughs> It was that bad. And I'm not just saying that because I'm an Alabama fan and it was Auburn, but that was... I felt bad for Auburn with how that game ended. They won, and I felt bad for them. <laughs> but you want to know who you really should feel bad for? Missouri. Missouri. Because the Missouri, Missouri should – well, the running back, the kicker, like, if you're a kicker, please call Missouri. Like Auburn's kicker missed one too, but got a second chance on an offside and made the second one. Yeah, didn't he miss it by, like, 50 yards, though? Oh, it wasn't close. Like, yeah, my, the way my dad described um, it. The- Anders Carlson's his name. He's a good kicker. He's coming back from, I think, like an MCL or ACL injury. Yep, and his um, um, he, brother was Daniel Carlson. I guess he is Daniel Carlson. It's like that. And he's kicking for the Vikings. He's the kicker for the Raiders. Right, yeah. Okay. I think he's been with the Raiders. Well, then I'm just wrong, which is not surprising. Regardless. Great family of kickers. He's coming back. He'll be good. But 
Yeah, but ooh, um, the way my dad described his kick was um, if you were trying to kick it off towards the back corner of the end zone, you would have done a better job kicking than Andrew Cross did kicking it through the uprights. It's that bad. Yeah, I want to. I want to get this game pulled up because that game was. I need to go over. But this. but it, it does end. Um, it, it ends in the way all games should, with a guy strutting in for a touchdown, only to drop the ball a yard early. <laughs> Just yeah. straight up drop it. Yeah. So let's pull this up. So this game was fourteen fourteen in the second quarter. Point wasn't scored till overtime. Maybe the most consecutive punts. The whole third quarter was punts. No one got more than 30 yards on a drive. The whole fourth quarter was punts. Until Auburn failed a fourth and one in the fourth quarter. Last drive of the fourth quarter, Missouri drives 62 yards. So I was watching this thing live. And before the, so the kicker's name is Harrison Mevis. Mevis. That's right. My man, so it was a 26-yard field goal that he shanks to the right. <laughs> he didn't even warm up kick. If you're... Before he went out, the announcers were watching him on the sideline. He was just chilling, talking on the sideline, didn't warm up, went out there to stroll and kick in a 26-yarder like it was nothing and shank the thing <laughs> to the right. So if you're a kicker, call Missouri. Yeah. So then we get in the overtime, and this is where it gets even better. So Auburn does nothing as usual in this game. Um, they lose two yards on their drive. Of course. Um, so they kick a like 44-yard field goal, and Anders Carlson just misses it awfully. <laughs> but there was a Missouri offside penalty, so he gets another shot at a 39-yarder, and he makes it. So then they're up 17-14. Missouri gets the ball. Daniel Pete rushes the left for five, rushes to the left for about 19 and a half, <laughs> and goes to switch the ball from his left hand <laughs> to his right to reach over the goal line and drops it in the transition and doesn't get it across the goal line. Yeah, like just and Auburn straight, in the end zone. straight drops. That, that was the most painful game of football <laughs> I have watched in my life. And I watched the Broncos 49ers game on Monday night. Uh, or Sunday night. Whenever that game was, if you're an NFL fan, you know what I'm talking about. That was like 11 to 9 or something. 11 to 10. This was worse than that, and that's saying something. Yeah, it was ugly. Like, Missouri found a way to lose. (laughs) It was was bad. So did Auburn, but they still somehow won. Right, right. Everyone found a way to lose, but somehow someone won. Um... Yeah. Then we do have one more game to talk about. Mm-hmm. First, I want to say Emal. 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 Kansas State. And, and I, I want to rub this in a little bit because I like gloating. Kansas State was in our ESPN pick'em. Kansas State was a 2% choice. Out of these, out of the fans, ninety-eight percent come from the neutral perspective. You just lost the two lanes, so he really had no hope or reason to pick Kansas State over Oklahoma. 
other than it was a rivalry game that y'all won two of the past three years. But continue. But it was a 2%. And then all heck broke. Uh, is all it, heck a nickname for Adrian Martinez? Yes, that's that's his that's his new nickname. We've caught he is now all heck. Um, if we're looking at the box score, it was it was a fantastic game. I will say, I regrettably was not able to watch all, but I was unfortunately was able to watch it all. See, I wish I could, but I was standing on the stupid sidelines of the or on the stupid out like outside of the stadium. Anyway, um, so the game starts out. Um, Oklahoma or not Oklahoma, Kansas State gets the ball. I believe first drive he's kind of drive down and score. Yep, first yep. drive he drive down and score. Oklahoma Adrian Martinez on. rushes into the end zone. His first mm-hmm. touchdown tonight. Yep, um, I believe Oklahoma punts. Y'all get the ball back, go down, and score again. At this point, Adrian's like eight of ten for like eighty yards in a touchdown and ran for the other. Yep, which is um, a good day. Mm-hmm. For Adrian Martinez, that would have been a good day if it had just ended that way yeah. based on the rest of the season. Right. Um, but then Oklahoma brings it back uh, next couple drives. They have tie it 14-14. Then from there, it's a pretty steady back and forth. Kansas State gets up 34-20 at the beginning of the fourth with the drive. Yep. Um. Oklahoma brings it back and scores. Then Kansas State scores again with about two minutes left. And at that point, the game is pretty much over. And Oklahoma does drive down and score and go for the onside and misses. Honestly, it was pretty similar to the Tennessee-Florida one, except Florida recovered the onside and Oklahoma didn't. Right. Um, in terms of the ending. but So Kansas State won like by seven. Admit when I'm wrong. Yeah, I don't like to admit when I'm wrong, but Adrian Martinez did show up, showed that if he actually – it it sounds like not being a Big Twelve fan. It sounds like he made some bad mistakes in Nebraska last year, mm-hmm. which is a big of responding campaign. and learning from those mistakes. He was like, you know what? I'm just not going to do anything because if I don't do anything, I can't make the mistake. Okay, so the the problem was it, I don't know if you paid attention to Nebraska football last year or this year for that matter. Absolutely night. not. Only, only hoping Scott Frost would be fired after they lost every game. So the reason they lost every game was. Essentially, Adrian Martinez. He would chuck it deep late, and it get picked off, and all of a sudden they go from up a touchdown to tie, and they lose. It was it was bad. Baker Mayfield. Essentially, except Baker was actually pretty good. But if you look at Nebraska, oh, fair enough. Um, if you look at Nebraska football last season, um, like we if we go back and as far back as I can remember, let's see. I gotta pull this up. We look at last year. Um, they lost. It started off against Illinois. They lost thirty to twenty-two. They then beat Fordham and Buffalo. Everyone expects that. They lost a twenty-three to sixteen game against number three Oklahoma. They lost in overtime against Michigan State, twenty-three to twenty. They beat Northwestern like a drum. They lost to number nine Michigan, thirty-two to twenty-nine. They lost to Minnesota, thirty to twenty-three. They lost to Purdue, twenty-eight twenty-three. They lost to Ohio State, twenty-six seventeen. They lost to Wisconsin, thirty-five twenty-eight, and they lost to Iowa, 
who was number 16 at the time, 28-21. They had the most... Like Iowa's offense might be the worst in college football, but continue. <laughs> they had the most single-digit losses in history. All of their nine losses were by single digits. They were in games they had no business being in. And they were out of games they should have won by four touchdowns. And they lost every single one of them. <laughs> they lost every single one of them. <laughs> Nothing was to win. more impressive than winning most of them. <laughs> Somehow they found a way to lose to Michigan by three points. It was ridiculous. So that's why I was like, Scott Frost doesn't need to be fired. But essentially, that's what Adrian Martinez was sitting there looking at. He was like, Going great for three and a half quarters, right? Like he's almost beating all of these teams, and then it, <laughs> the wheels fall off the bus in the last ten minutes, and they lose by. The bus off the wheel. <laughs> I see the wheels on the bus go off the wheel. <laughs> I think you did. <laughs> That's one way to not get copyrighted. Collectively, just <laughs> yes, but yes. That's what happened to Adrian Martinez last year. He almost beat Oklahoma last year. They lost by a touchdown. Um, but this year he actually had a team and they pulled it off. He mauled. They did. Let's see if we can beat yeah, Texas so Tech this week. Yeah, so from from a non-biased point of view, like I genuinely, like, I hope Kansas State does great, but I also, like, if they don't, oh well. Right. Um on my end, here's here's my couple takeaways. One, like you're saying, Adrian needs to be more aggressive because he showed that it can work if he's aggressive. It does work. If he's more aggressive, I think we don't lose him. That's debatable. We'll see. Um, the defense played pretty well, although they gave up. Dylan Gabriel was 26 of 39 for 330 and four touchdowns. Most of those incompletions were passes that he just he just missed through. Yeah. Um he left he he left a couple long plays, a couple a couple plays that honestly would have changed how this game looked if he had gotten them. Yeah. Um, for a sure. couple of those were left on the table. Um and then so Adrian, keep doing what you're doing. Defense maybe not as good as we thought it was. Well, what Chris Kleiman said what Chris Kleiman said is the defense did not play well, but they played really well in spots. We needed them. They stopped people. Yeah. Um, but then my my other just just from a neutral point of view, my other question is: Is this game applicable to every other game for Kansas State? Because the example I use, and Grant and I had this conversation. My example would be yeah. Alabama Auburn. Auburn could be zero and ten or 0-9, whatever their record would be coming in. They could have lost every game coming into an Alabama game and still have a chance to beat us because it's a rivalry game and because those turn out different. Y'all have beat Oklahoma three of the last four years. Two of those being, I believe, at Oklahoma. Yeah, my question would be, is this simply a rivalry game where you have to judge the rivalry game in its own separate category over here versus the rest of the games over here? I, if y'all come out and if y'all come out and throttle Texas Tech, then I'm happy to say that y'all are really good. But and I think y'all are really good. But K 
can you take what happened in this game and apply it and say, okay, they can consistently do this? Or is this a rivalry game and a fluke? Well, I'm not Saturday. saying it's a fluke, but you know what I mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, um, I think the fluke was losing by a touchdown to Tulane. I think there was a lot of stuff going into that. I don't think that happens this week. I think we win easily. Um, but I, I don't think it was a fluke. I think we'll prove that against Texas Tech, and I'd like to see us roll on. I think if we win the Big 12, there's still a chance for a playoff. There is definitely, but that's a that's a tall order to say you're going to go undefeated. Because you've got some, you've got Oklahoma State, I believe, coming up. You've got a Texas coming up with a healthy Quinn Ewers. Um, I wouldn't look past Texas Tech, honestly. Their offense, even with their backup quarterback, is yeah. really good. Yeah, you're you're not wrong. Um, and then we also play Baylor, and presumably we, we have to play one of those teams twice. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you can't win this game. It's definitely a winnable game. I think Tech's defenses look kind of spotty. They let a still kind of hobbled Hudson card drop. What was it, like 41 points on them? Yeah. Um, but I, I, I don't, Texas Tech is not a game you look past. Texas may have had that issue where they may have almost looked past them. Yeah, the only team that like really seems to have done well against Texas Tech would be North Carolina State, which, by the way, how good is North Carolina State? Um, I mean, they, only, they almost lost to Eastern Carolina the first game, but other than that, back, back in our first, if you're a kicker, please call game. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, we're, and we're still early, and we're still like, we're four games into the season. We still don't really know what every team is and what they're going to be by the end of the year. We're going to start getting some ideas, like Alabama's offense isn't going to be as good as it was. Um, we had a couple of guys step up, like Ja'Cory Brooks really stepped up this week for us. Yeah. I know we're facing Vanderbilt, but it was still good to see at least one receiver step up and have the chemistry with Bryce Young to be able to dominate a team like Vandy because we really hadn't seen one guy do that. I will say it was kind of fun to watch the jocks beat up on the nerds, um, <laughs> like as they as they Vanderbilt. Um, I, I was hoping to go to Vanderbilt. That's kind of my, my attention. Nerd. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I have a podcast. Um. Anyway. Um. Yeah, but then there were a bunch of games this week that were a lot closer than they had any business being. Kentucky and Northern Illinois was close most of the game. Kentucky pulled out ahead at the end up by 17, but then Northern Illinois brought it within a touchdown game with three minutes left. Um, Which is impressive. Yeah. Um, I feel like that probably, I mean, Will Levis was 18-26 for 304 touchdowns. Um, Running back averaged seven yards a carry. Yeah. We should say the biggest upset of the week, Middle Tennessee State beat Miami. I forgot about the game entirely. I blocked it out <laughs> on my memory. <laughs> it wasn't that close. They beat them by 14, but really they beat them by, by like 21. It's not that close. Grant, how do you feel about Miami winning the ACC now? I feel great. <laughs> <laughs> that needs to be the episode promotion right there. That is- <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was a rough one. Yeah. Um, 
Then the game that absolutely nobody saw was the USC Oregon State one. That was on the Pac-12 network at like midnight Eastern or whatever. The the Pac-12 network that, by the way, apparently cannot find any way to get their games out because they have no distribution whatsoever. You have to just go on ESPN and have paid for it. It's awful. Yeah. USC was losing to Oregon State 14-10 to with five minutes left in the fourth quarter. So Oklahoma West was losing to a bunch of well-trained three stars out of Oregon. It's almost like Oklahoma West is like Oklahoma East. It is. It is. It's very similar. What? Yeah. Lincoln Riley always finds the like one or two games a year that he has no business losing and then either losing them or almost losing them. And this was one of those games. You know who should, you know who should, he should play? He should have played last year's Nebraska. Oh, wait, he did. And he did that exact thing. Yeah, then he's going to go up and face head coach firing guru Emory Jones at Arizona State this coming weekend and beat him like 63-0. to zero. Mm-hmm. In Lincoln Riley style. Um, yeah, Grant and I had this conversation. I, I just realized, Emory, I realized last week, Emory Jones was the quarterback when Dan Mullen got fired at Florida, and he was the quarterback when Herm Edwards just got fired at Arizona State. Maybe he's the problem. I mean, I think there's bigger problems if you have Emory Jones as your quarterback. But <laughs> yeah, um, not saying I could do any better, of course. But could you do worse? Is the question. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of interesting stuff. By the way, we talked about this very briefly. I didn't realize this, but USC and UCLA are moving to the Big Ten in two years. Yeah. Which is crazy. USC makes a lot of sense. UCLA, I feel like, is just... At, th- at this point, I think U- UCLA is more of just a name that people recognize. I think they've actually been pretty decent this year, but... How long has Chip Kelly been at UCLA? I think before this year, not very great. Although, I think they're either like 4-0 or 3-1 right now. Um, yeah. Why are we looking at that? One that wasn't as close, although it was at one point, was... Michigan and Maryland. This Michigan defense had looked absolutely lights out coming this, is, this week, and Maryland put up a pretty decent show against them. It was close, and then my boy Talia Tungavailoa, um, you may recognize that last name. Um, no. Um, Tua? Yeah, I'm just – I'm jerking your chain. Uh Talia was he he came to Alabama and then when Mike Mike Hawksley left to be the head coach at Maryland he followed him there and has been his quarterback for I think three years now. Wow. Um, he's been pretty decent. He threw he ended up throwing two picks this game, but one of them was at the end just trying to make something happen. Yeah. Um. By the way, on UCLA, he may drop. Yeah. Chip Kelly has been there for this is his fifth season, and they look mm-hmm. okay. Um, apparently, they like teams play. They like playing teams from Alabama that aren't Alabama. Um, for example, they start off with Bowling Green, which is fine. They beat Bowling Green seventeen to forty five, which is fine. They then go and play Alabama State at home. They beat them forty five seven. This is where it gets fun. They play South Alabama. What do you know about South Alabama? That is in South Alabama. Yeah, they're technically D one football, but they're like technically D one football. What? Fair play to them. Yeah, yeah. So UCLA beats them 32-31. 
<laughs> then they go they beat Colorado seventeen forty five. they've scored forty five points in three of their four games, and I don't I think that might be their cap. Um, but for for the um, just for the the lulls of this whole situation, South Alabama lost to um, well I, they lost to UCLA, but they they've been throttling teams like Central Michigan. Louisiana Tech and Nichols. I didn't know Nichols State had a football team. So yeah, I don't know how much I feel like UCLA is just good and their competition might just suck. Yeah, we'll find we'll definitely find that out soon. Can they go 0 and eleven in the Big Ten? No, because they'll have to play Rutgers at some point. <laughs> a battle of the beaten. Don't disrespect my bully Rutgers. Um, the last game I had that was surprisingly close, and it wasn't, I don't think it was even necessarily, it got pretty close in like the second quarter. But shout out to Kent State, man. They were holding on. They, they dropped 22 points on Georgia, which I feel like just says, I, I don't know because Georgia hadn't allowed what? 10 points in a game, I don't think. They haven't, I think they allowed 10 points all season. Yeah, they had allowed 10 points all season and allowed 22 to Kent State. To Kent State. Granted, they come up against two of the worst teams, actually the three worst teams in the SEC right now, Missouri, Auburn, and Vandy in the next three weeks. They've got, they've got time to bounce back. They've got a bye week, then they've got Florida, Tennessee, Mississippi State, Kentucky. Honestly, after like Oregon, after that throttling, um, they've got one of the easier schedules in the SEC because they've only got to face Tennessee and Kentucky. Yeah, but Tennessee and Kentucky are top ten teams, and Florida was a top twenty-five team. Yeah, they do have Florida too. That it just depends what Florida you get. It depends if you get the Dan Mullen Florida, or if you get the Urban Meyer Florida. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which one's gonna kick your kicker? I don't know. Uh, one will kick them, the other will try to assist. Um. We have to cut that out for promo. We have to cut that out for promo. Um, yes. Um, but it should be an interesting... Georgia's got time. Georgia's got time. The only game I really think they have a threat of losing there is Tennessee. I think Auburn might beat them. It's a rivalry game. I'm not even kidding. It's it's just like Alabama Auburn. It's a game where Auburn could lose every other game and still give Georgia. A Florida, I would say that's more Florida Georgia. Well, no, because Auburn Georgia is the oldest rivalry in the in the game. If let me think about what I'm going to say next very carefully. If Auburn beats Georgia, what would I do? <laughs> would I want to go on record saying I would do? Let me think about it. I will. But the bef- the episode before that game, I will go on record saying what I'll do if we might rekindle the manscape dad to get Grant in good shape. Dave uh, the head. Moving on. Um, Dave the head. Before we get in the rankings, let's talk. It's still early. I mean, we're only four weeks into the season, but let's talk about Heisman odds real quick. Top three in order are C.J. Stroud is the favorite at plus one sixty. Yep. Bryce Young is second at plus 450, and Caleb Williams, even after that game, at plus 500. 
after that, there's a pretty steep drop off to uh, 1600 Hendon Hooker, Stetson Bennett, 3000 to Blake Corum, the Michigan running back. After that, it drops to 4000. And yeah. 4000, Adrian Martinez. Uh, no. He's there. He's at 7500. Mm, 7500, Adrian Martinez. Adrian Martinez is on par with. Brock Bowers from Georgia, Drake May from North Carolina, the running back from USC, and a receiver from USC, and the Florida State quarterback. I'll take it. I'll take it. Go, Adrian. Adrian! He's below KJ Jefferson, below Will Roger. They've got Jameer Gibbs in here twice. Well, maybe Jameer Gibbs has two chances. Maybe. Um, but yeah, so interesting. It looks like it, it'd be probably a three-person race between Stroud, Young, and Caleb Williams. Tennessee manages to pull off a couple upsets. Hendon Hooker could very well be up in that conversation as well. Yeah, we were talking. Do you think Hendon Hooker's probably the best quarterback in the country? I think you could make that argument. Um, I don't know that I would right now, um, but I think by the end of the season there will – more than likely be an argument to be made for that. Interesting. I'm, I'm, he's about as old as Urban Meyer, so... You say he might kick the kicker? No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying he's 24. He's pretty old for a college quarterback. He is a little old for a college quarterback, but I'm playing baseball with guys that are 22, 23, and Juco. Yeah, that's the thing. Anyway, All right. so... You want to go ahead and hop into your rankings? Let's rankings go ahead and hop into the rankings. Let me pull them up real All quick. Right. You start us off. We'll, we'll speed through the top five because... Nothing's changed! Nothing's changed there. Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson. Um, Follow USC 6. USC 6. They moved up one spot following almost getting beat by, mm-hmm. by the Beavers. Yeah, uh, they only moved up because Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. Um, number seven, we got Kentucky. Number eight, we got Tennessee. I want to point out my argument. Now, four of the top eight teams in the country right now are undefeated SEC teams. Yep, which is fascinating. Because all these teams are going to have one loss. Yeah, and honestly, very fair, because I would I would make the argument Tennessee and Kentucky are better than Oklahoma State or NC State. Uh, we'll see. Oklahoma State has a tendency of being sneaky good. Yeah. Um, speak, of, speak of the devil. You know, we mentioned them already. They're number nine. Yep. Um, they got Baylor coming up. Let's see, I wasn't looking at matchups. Alabama's got Arkansas this week. That'll be an interesting one. Clemson's got NC State. That'll be an interesting one. That'll knock one of those two teams out of the top ten. Yep. Um, Kentucky, yeah, that's how it works. Um, Kentucky's got Ole Miss. They're number 14. That's been surprising for me. I thought there would be a pretty steep drop-off after Matt Corral left, but they've been, I wouldn't say good, but they've been pretty decent. They've gone undefeated so far. Kentucky will definitely be. Yeah, they've gone undefeated so far, but they they scared us all with Tulsa. They beat Tulsa by eight. Yeah. It's a weird weird thing to move up two spots for, by the way. I think it may have been just because people lost and they were just sliding the whole list up. Um, Yeah. 10, I mentioned they got NC State. They've got Clemson coming up. 
DJ, I mean, he's been pretty good, but it sounds like he's still making, he's, he's just making things harder for himself. Right. Um, it seems like he's been pretty consistent. Absolutely. So we'll see how he does. I guess I think it's a pretty good NC State defense. I agree. At 11, we have Penn State, and they're playing Northwestern. Well, we have the Utes, and the Utes are playing Oregon State. That's a good game. At 13, the Ducks have come back to where they started before they got the crap beat out of them. They'll play Stanford. I find a way to lose that one. 14, we got Ole Miss, Kentucky. Yep. Um, 15, we have Washington. Washington's playing UCLA. We'll see if UCLA can pull off another win. At 16, we got Baylor. They're facing, they mentioned earlier, they're facing Oklahoma State. That'll be a good matchup for both of them. That was the Big 12 title game last year. That's a good one to watch. Mm -hmm. 17, we got our boys, Texas A&M. Why are they still around? So they got, (laughs) was it Mississippi State? Yeah, State, yeah. I wouldn't. I I wouldn't look past Mississippi State. Will Rogers was pretty high on the Heisman list, and I know he's been pretty good for him. And they've got who do they have? Um, what's his name? That dude. Who's their head coach? Who's? States? I don't even know him. Oh, it's the guy that was over at Washington State. He's the pirate. His name is... My goodness, what's his name? Mike Leach. Mike Leach. Thank you, DuckDuckGo. Mm-hmm. That's not an ad, but um, it could be. That would be an interesting one. Like I said, I wouldn't look past Mississippi State. Um, I think they're going to be one of those teams that's like not like one of the best teams in the country, obviously, but their offense is good enough where if you look past them, they have a chance. They're scrappy. Um, then we have Oklahoma. We've got Oklahoma coming off the tragic loss to Kansas State. Yeah. We've got TCU coming up this week. 19, we got BYU. The Roaring Mormons. Coming off. Yep, they got Utah State. Okay, that's an easy win. Should be. Arkansas. got Arkansas after they lost to AM. Alabama coming up this week. Chance Easy win. Redeem themselves. Easy win. In your dreams. Um, I'll let you finish off the top 25. At 21, we have Minnesota coming off of their win against Michigan State. And by win against Michigan State, I mean absolutely throttling. Minnesota could be a playoff contender because they slaughtered Michigan State. We're talking 34-7 slaughter Michigan State. They're playing Does that Purdue. Say more about Minnesota or less about Michigan State because I'd make an argument for the second part of that. Minnesota's unbeaten. Michigan State has like one win, I think. Two. They've got two wins, and they beat somebody that used to play football and might be too embarrassed. Um, it. Yeah. Let's see if we look at Michigan State. They beat. The Zips, and they beat Western Michigan. And then they lost to Washington, and then they lost to Minnesota. Where's Ninjas, your trash kid, when you need them? Exactly. Um, Following that up with the Wake Forest Demon Deacons, who only fell one spot after almost not losing to Clemson. Like, that was a surprisingly good game. Um, and they're Only not losing to Clemson? After almost not losing to Clemson. They lost in oh. overtime by six. Um. Mm-hmm. And then we've got, they're playing Florida State this week. 
Then we've got Florida State um, entering. Speaking of the devil. Speaking of Florida State, have you heard the rumors about Deion Sanders? I'm going to State? I've heard about No. The rumors are Deion Sanders going to Auburn. Wait, what? There was a plane that left. I don't know where Jackson State is, but there's a plane that left from where they are, flew to Auburn and flew back, and it was reported that Dion was on the plane. I have heard that. That'd be interesting, but he has he has nothing to do with Florida State now, so I was a little confused. Uh, he is a former player there. Yeah. Stole stole Travis Hunter from them in the recruiting process. <laughs> 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 he went to is it Jackson's? No, Jackson J- State. Yeah. Jackson State. Okay, and so he went to go play under Dion. Right. Closing out the list, we have Pittsburgh at number twenty-four. They're playing the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, and we have. I believe Pitt- just fire both their head coach and their athletic director. I think I saw earlier, so that's an absolute yikes for Georgia Tech. <laughs> <laughs> that's fun. Um, and then we have the men, the myths, the legends. Coming off of their win against Oklahoma and rolling in to number twenty-five, it is Kansas State. The Wildcats email everybody. Horrifying of a loss as Tulane was. I'm surprised they made it to 25. Well, but when you beat Oklahoma and it wasn't as close as it looked, that's impressive. Um, it, it was it was as close as it looked. Um, it wasn't. We had them by two touchdowns until that. It, it 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 was as close as it looked. It was a close game throughout. Y'all pulled ahead. They brought it back. Had the chance for the onside. Um, right. Having watched the game, it was closer than it looked. Adrian stepped up. Had that third and sixteen run for the touchdown. That's true. What? Um, looking at this week's pick. Grant, do you have it pulled up? We have we have Michigan, Iowa. I think that's an obvious pick. We have yeah, Kentucky, Iowa all day. <laughs> we have Kentucky and Ole Miss. That's a 50-50 split right now. I have I have to think on that. We have. I have. I'll let you know. I have Ole Miss right now. I think they have a chance to pull it off. Interesting. I'm, I think I'm. I'm thinking I'm going with Kentucky, but we'll see. It's because I want football to have a chance at Kentucky. Anyway, um, follow that up with Oklahoma with TCU. I have to go with Oklahoma there. I don't think they lose to TCU because somebody loses to TCU. Then we have Oklahoma State Baylor. This is a Big Twelve heavy week. Um, going Oklahoma State. I am too. But I don't like it. Then we have Wake Forest and Florida State. Uh, Wake Forest look really darn good. Um, then we go... The, the question will be the defense there. I've I've got Wake Forest for now, but that's that's a 60-40. That's one I may flip-flop my choice on. We'll and see. when I edit this, I'll put a note in, because this should be going out Friday. I'll put a note in if I've flip-flopped my pick or not. Sounds good. And then we have Iowa State, Kansas. Kansas is unbeaten. I'm surprised by that. I'm going Kansas. I Kansas in this game. I don't want Kansas, but I've got Kansas. Who did Iowa State lose to? They lost to it. They lost a conference. They lost to Baylor, and they only lost to Baylor right touchdown. This game might be good. Yeah, I've got Kansas. Kind of after that, we got A and M and Mississippi State. I'll be honest, I've got the upset here. I've got Mississippi State over A and M. I've got the same. Um, I, I think A and M is going to look 
I, I, I my fear is A and M is going to look past them. Actually, I don't fear. I hope it happens. I think A and M is going to look past them because I think they've got Alabama coming up next week. Right. I think Jimbo might be too focused on that. Which Mississippi State is why I picked the underdogs as well because I'm really hoping that the Bulldogs pull it off. A and M rolls into Alabama with two losses and somehow pulls off last year again and makes Alabama look like crap. I don't think that'll happen. I think it'll be a pretty. I think A and M will be a closer game. Um, like I wouldn't say it would be Texas close. Um, they have a good defense. I don't. Now their big play on offense is only Devin A chain, and we have consistently shut him out the past couple of years we've played him. Yeah, like he's he's looked like I was out there playing running back. So I think because you take were. away their run game. I mean, maybe um, we can't get into that, but I think if we can shut down the run game, why are we talking about a game next week? Moving on, Washington State, Cal. I've got Washington State. ESPN's got this is not a particularly close game. I don't think it will be either because Cal's only loss is to Notre Dame, but Notre Dame's only win is against Cal. Oh. I don't know how that looks anymore. I say Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame has two wins. Nope. Notre Dame's only win. No, they've got two. My bad. They beat Cal and they beat North Carolina. Yeah, I feel bad for North Carolina. Um, yep. And then we've got NC State and Clemson. I'm going NC State here. Um, I've got I've got Clemson. I think I think the Clemson defense, they gave up a lot of points to Lake Forest. I honestly think that says more about Lake Forest than it does about the Clemson defense because Lake Forest's offense has been rolling since Sam Hartman got back. I don't know. I, I have a hard time. I've got I've got Clemson. I don't I don't know I haven't watched or checked scores. I don't know that NC State has the offense to keep up. They might. Um, um, NC State. Let me let me just do a quick look so we can, we can take a look at it. You're, while you're doing that, I'll real quick. We'll just get UCF SMU out of the game or out of the way. I've got UCF. Nice. Um, and then we have the total. We have the tiebreaker, which is how many points total will be scored in Oklahoma State versus Baylor. I'm not going to give my number, but I will say it is a Big Twelve game. Yeah, I will say I have a high number. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I believe that about does it, Grant. Do you agree? I doth agree. Alrighty. Well, with that out of the way, and by that I mean the entire episode, we actually got it done in under an hour, which is impressive. I blame it on not ranting about Alabama for 60 minutes. Anyway, this has been much talk about nothing, but we want to tell you about some very exciting stuff we have coming very, very soon if all goes out well. So, thus far, we have been a podcast with a YouTube channel and a Twitch. Well, from here on out, we are looking to be a YouTube channel or just content creators with a podcast and a Twitch. So, we want to, if you're watching us on Twitch right now, I want you to know that we are looking to give you guys a lot of content. We might have a partnership, should have a a partnership coming up soon to where we can do that with some really cool stuff. Um, We can't say too much about that right now, but very exciting. Um, We'll absolutely let you know what it is when we can. Right. As soon as that contract signs, you'll get every piece of that info. But we're going to be doing gaming videos. We're going to be doing all kinds of cool stuff. So, yeah. Give us a Give us a listen, give us a watch. If you if you 
are watching. So far, we've been recording at 7.45 on Wednesdays. We'll see how true that stays. Um, but that's what we've been doing. We've been doing it live um, for all of you lovely people to watch us. And, yeah. So, if you're watching this, you see our Instagram handles are, like, right here. And over on Grant's screen, like, right there. And if you're not, you can find me at the Grant Ingram on Instagram, Twitter, and in Facebook. You can find me places doing things. Grant, you you can find Grant at Grant underscore Skellen on Instagram, correct? You're not on Twitter. No. Okay. And you can find the show, as always, at Much Talk About Nothing on Instagram at MTAM Podcast on Twitter, and you can send us an email at Much Talk About Nothing at gmail.com. We have a Discord. The link to that will be in the description of the podcast. We will figure out a way to get it to you later. Um, if you're watching the stream. And until next time, Arriva Dirty.